Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, Morning, because as usual, Aiden. As it goes, international break is almost come to its end, and it's almost time to welcome back the Gunners. Yeah, I mean, it was quite exciting. I mean, I must say, I mean, you know, I'm not that the last, especially the last few years, it's not that exciting, but I mean, especially now with people vying for uh, the last World Cup spots, it was actually interesting to see how it was playing out, like whether it was in Europe. America or that African region. Um, also, it was actually good also to see people like uh, Saliba making his debut for France. I mean, uh, it was actually quite fun. I don't know if you got to see uh, bits of it, but with since they were playing the game at Marseille, um, every time he was touching the ball, <laughs> the whole stadium erupted. So it was quite funny to see, you know. Every time, like, he gets a roll and he was suddenly, but just even if it's a five-yard pass, he got, like, a, a big roll. So, it was actually good to see that. Um, I was also quite impressed with uh, Ben White uh, in the games I've seen him play for England. Um, I was actually surprised because I didn't expect him to be, you know, that confident. I mean, I think when he plays for us at right back, I think he almost, like, plays with a bit more, you know, reins on. And, I mean, it was... Yeah. England when he was playing there, he was actually like, you know, really bombing down the, the flanks and was interesting to watch. Uh, I mean, I just find the pity some of the other England guys, you know, were, you know, kept behind them, like with Ramsdale. And, I mean, I, I just hope fitness-wise, he's like, you know, that leads us also now to the, the preview to the Palace game on, on Monday night. Uh, when it was 12th, taking on 4th. Um, Palace was on the 6th game, unbeaten run on you know, all competitions. I mean, when you think of the sort of work that Vieira's been doing with, with Palace, I mean, of, of course, yeah, the 12th, but, I mean, they were almost like having it, like, in a real dire situation in the first two months of the season. Yeah, they struggled to almost win a game and things like that, but, you know, now they've come to their own, coming to their own, and I think, you know, they, I think they did the double on Man City this season. Or, sorry, they beat Man City and they drew one or something like that. I think they drew one. They, they didn't lose to Man City, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have an FA Cup semi-final to look forward to. So, you know, a very good season. And I think Crystal Palace is not going to be an easy game. It's the type of game yeah. where, you know, they have nothing to lose. They're not fighting relegation scrap. So, you know, if Arsenal don't assert dominance early on in the game, I mean, Man City did go there and only got a point. I mean, you know, it, it, it tells you how difficult it's going to be. And then also, just a side note before we go on with the, uh, you know, analyzing the, uh, the preview. Uh, also, big up to Patrick Vieira because I don't know if you heard also last week, he got inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. And I mean, uh, it's also a big honor, like normally for a player, especially now the Premier League, to, you know, be in that sort of ranks where you, you know, you kept in, you know, that sort of high regard, you know, like the likes of Henri are in the. Uh, you know, David Beckham, you know, all those legends, you know, of the game, the Premier League, well, in the, you know, the formation of the Premier League. So, I mean, it's also big up to him because I just think, I mean, I just find the pity that, that you know, at the end, the career almost like kind of soured a bit because yeah. I, I, honestly, I still don't think, you know, to this day, I don't think he was the one that was like, you know, getting pushed out by the door. I think it was more... Probably the club knowing like almost like his demands and that because I think if he almost like if he wasn't like a mentor to somebody coming up the ranks, you know, after even he left, we would have been put in a, in in better state because I don't think we ever had a captain 
like that. I mean, you can see it's probably growing now somewhat where, uh, not say with Lacazette, but I mean, you can see the sort of character that, that, that Odegaard has. You see the sort of character and mindset that Kieran Tierney has. And, and, and I think that is, so imagine they had like, someone like Vieira to mentor them, you know? Yeah. With, with, with Fabregas and Flamini, them even. I mean, yeah. I, I agree 100% with what you said, and I think that was a lot of Arsenal's problems over the years. I mean, like, I mean, look now they gave in to demands of Özil, you would say, and Aubameyang. But you know, back then, if you had to offer, you know, a guy like Vieira a decent contract, you had to offer, um, you know, these all these guys that decided to walk out because they weren't happy with the contract offer, you know. Who knows? Maybe there could have been another league title along the way. I mean, you look at 07, 08 season. You know, who knows what the Patrick Vieira could have helped down there. I mean, you look at the Champions League final against Barcelona. You know, who knows what a guy like Patrick Vieira could have helped, you know? Maybe even if he didn't play the full season, but just being in and around that dressing room. It's almost like Thiago Silva at, at, at um, Chelsea. So... Like you said, you know, you wonder what if, and I think Patrick Vieira was a good servant for cl- the club and very happy to hear that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, I don't know if it's anything telepathic, but you know, the very thing you said, I think it was, could be last podcast or even two podcasts before, but I do know it was quite recent. And you mentioned about, you know, that was with Eduardo and I just read an article of him because there's been an article that I put out about him. Um, I think that was... Almost like on a, you know, to put it in a lighter sense, almost like the anniversary of that moment of the injury that he had. And, you know, like the interview they did with him, I mean, you can see he still, you know, he has a, a true love for Arsenal. And he also said himself, the very, and that's not why I'm, I'm bringing it up, the very thing that you said that a few podcasts ago, where you mentioned, he really thinks if he did not get that sort of injury, Arsenal would have run, uh, walked that title. And I mean, I yeah. fully agree with you when you said it, and I fully agree with him because I mean, if you think the sort of form they were on at that point, yeah. and I think you know, people can say sometimes, okay, other like you know, down, down the line, years wise, uh, we have had our shortcomings like with a mental thing, like you know, almost like kind of bottling it in a say a top four race or a title race. But I think in that sense, it was I think it could have happened to any team if. if you know, almost like one of the frontline players get that sort of injury where all the key players on the on the field as well at that very moment that, that something horrific like that happens. And I think it did take a lot out of them before they could even, like, you know, shake the cobwebs, before they could, you know, get themselves on the sort of, uh, you know, sort of title run again. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Because, I mean, you know, Eduardo had a very slow start to his Arsenal career, but, like, it was picked up after that Everton game. Where yeah. he bagged a brace there, and then he just started scoring at the wonder goal against you know Man City, where you know he just on the almost like a, a on the volley type thing. He chested volley, scores there. He gets a goal against West Ham, and he was kind of in that goal scoring form. And I think even Adebayo were playing quite well together, and it's yeah. almost like you know he he picks up that injury, and you know Adebayo suddenly has to you know be that lone striker type role. And, 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 I mean, Ben Percy also was still injured that season. So, mm. you know, these small margins are type of things that can can derail your season. And, I mean, you know, now Arsenal, speaking about mental strength, you know, after the international break, going against the Palace side, that's, you know, that, that's not going to be an easy game. A different mental side has to be shown now. I mean, we showed it against Aston Villa after losing against Liverpool, coming in and beating them. 
Now it's time to go to Salas Park, you know, where that crowd really rocks and the ground really shakes. And I mean, I, I just think also when you when you take Palace's form, they are a team. You know, if you what you were not saying before. I think at the start of the podcast where you said you know starting on a you know on the front foot, something like positive. If you can put like you know put their their backs against the wall early on, you can really rock them. But I think if you keep on, if, if you're like fluffing your lines, if you're um, almost like not burying them and you can bury them, then you can actually see it sort of momentum. And uh, this is not even before Vieira was taking over there. I think b- uh, before that also, even under Roy Hodgson, they had a, a sort of uh, camaraderie thing where even they, though they had an aging team, they would throw their bodies on the line for that coach, whoever's in charge of them. And that is why I always... Even like years down the line, I always have respect also for Pandas because they have a sort of, you know, roll up your sleeves, um, you know, that sort of attitude. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it's it's a game, and a Monday night game, you know, it, it's uh, again, just like the reverse fixture was um, at the, the start of the season, you know, when, not start, but that early on in the season where we drew, and they gave a, a tough, tough game. It's Conor Gallagher. That, yeah. that, that's a, that's a very dangerous guy. I mean, no, that, what is, about him? That is actually the, like, the next point we want to bring up was like, you know, the Palace key men is like uh, Gallagher and also MacArthur in midfield and then Tariq Mitchell who gives them a uh, a lot of, he reminds me almost of Trent Alexander-Arnold but on the left side for, for Palace this time where he keeps on going but I mean, he can also be found out if you, you know, don't kind of turn the tables on him the way Martinelli did to Trent, you, you can, there is a chance and you get him, because you know, like you're nullifying his, because I think his strong point, the same with Trent, is like going forward, it's not the defending side of yeah. it, I think that is how you exploit somebody like, say, from Palace now, but that being said also, with what you mentioned now, with, with uh, Conor Gallagher, and that, that there's such a vital or linchpin for them, I think we need to also kind of I mean, of course, think a lot of things have changed in the last few months since we even played them the last month. I yeah. mean, played them because I think in that Palace game at at, at the Emirates, there was a, you know a long dull period in the game where just nothing. Yeah. Happened. I mean, we we managed to get the goal, but then we just didn't go on playing, and then it almost like took us about the eighty or eighty fifth minute actually to to really wake up and, and to try to force something you know to get back in the game because that game swung so quick through. Uh, you, if you think of that Lokonga, that, that thing that yeah. was like set them on the way, also on their way, to almost cause the upset. Yeah, it was a very, you know, simple errors for Arsenal and like yeah. switching yeah. off. But I think, like you said, you know, they, there's more intensity in this Arsenal side. You know, everybody has a place in the side as well. Because I think, you know, back then we were kind of just feeling our way almost back into the results business thing, you know, that it was just after, also international break, if I'm not mistaken. Because, I mean, we had that run of games where we just won and then we threw to Brighton and then we came back, I think, and came against Palace, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I mean, not... Uh, oh, I'm a, like, you know, ben, only Benteke is going to be a worry for us again. I mean, he had a barnstorming game that game as well. So, I mean, he's the most inconsistent player, but it seems yeah. he likes finding form against Arsenal. But, yeah. I mean, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it any fresh injuries that we have? Uh, there's still that old question mark on Ramsdale, I believe. Uh, the since uh, Arteta had his press conference this after early this afternoon, 
he actually looked more positive when they were asking about Tommy Yasu because he said now he's involved in more, <coughs> excuse me, in more sessions. Uh, Saka, they're not 100% sure of like, you know, if you're not fully kicked that because I think once you're over the virus, it just comes down to, you remember with, with Smith also, it takes a, you know, just a bit to get the sort of conditioning kind of back yeah. after, you know, you've been laid low with, with uh, COVID. But I mean, I think, Everything, I think everybody else actually got a clean bill of health, but for those that I mentioned now. Okay, that's good. That's good. That no new fresh injuries. Yeah, because I mean, I think with, with uh, watching a bit of the Norway game also, it was almost like a breeze really for Norway. Odegaard was, you know, just was like floating in and out of the game, not like in a negative sense, but I mean, he was, he knows when he must go in for stuff and when he, you know, you don't really need to pull out anything because look, since Norway didn't qualify for the World Cup, you don't need to put too much on the line in a, in a sort of friendly, but uh, back to the squad again, or the match, uh, the top scorer for, for Crystal Palace at the moment is uh, Zaha with nine goals, and then Conor Gallagher with eight, and Eduard was, I think he has six, but I mean, for me, it's a point that you brought up earlier, Conor Gallagher, I mean, of course, I, I doubt Chelsea would sell, but I mean, this guy is just looking like, you know, like the real deal quite early on already because I mean if you put him already in a team like like Palace and he's almost like outshining you know the the, the almost like the, the uh, regulars in the team it tells a lot of him as, as a player and uh, his character yeah I know I definitely seen there's a, ta- a talent um on Chelsea's hands I don't know you know whether or not they're going to be able to keep him at the club you know or or if he's going to try to find first team football elsewhere where he can be a regular and feel loved yeah, because I think um, one of the interviews I last saw of him, we said, oh, I think him and either that, that one of, of um, Man United, that Williams guy, where they also just said they just want to play. It's sort of nothing to do with, you know, say it's Chelsea or it's, it's Man United or whatever, but they just want to play. And I think <clears throat> if you can almost like show them a sort of project that, that you know, that we doing, then I mean, something like that wouldn't be, someone like that wouldn't be bad either. I mean, if you think of, especially with us, like, you know, the, the talk is always just picking up about uh, finding somebody more mobile than Granit Xhaka in midfield. Yeah, no, we, we definitely do need that. And I think Granit Xhaka is good, like, yeah. but he's not going to be, shouldn't be the first name next to Thomas Party. We need someone a bit more. Yeah. You know, Xhaka is the type of guy you could probably add, you know, if you're fighting maybe a tougher way battle. And you just need that extra body in the midfield to make your team a bit more solid. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that is an area that, that needs to be kind of you know looked at in the summer. Yeah. So I mean, look, that's now I'm running off that part of the podcast. Now we just switch our attention to like you know talking points and you know various you know things to, to check around. Um, there was a friendly played by us at Arsenal's London Colony Ground. Uh, we took on Brentford B. In a friendly a few days ago, uh, we ended up winning 4-1 with Lacazette scoring a hat-trick and Rob Holding with one. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, moving on to the next point, I mean, like for me, as I mentioned before in, in the previous podcast, to be careful like with these rumours and that. And I mean, of course, for me personally, the biggest clickbait article that, that came out during this international break has to be Kieran Tierney to Real Madrid for 50 million. I mean, first <laughs> and foremost, I was thinking, if you're already starting a project and then you have say Arteta who's probably in line now for a contract extension, because I mean he probably also spoke to 
the club which plays or you know you uh, either pay rise or you know contract extension i mean why would you know especially with tn you know every time taking out uh, the captain's armband when like it gets up he's probably going to be in that sort of circle where it's either going to be like you know between tn and odegaard as captain i mean possibly even ramsdale throws that also in but i just think to myself if you're already taking that sort of that spine in your team, you're not gonna really want to tinker with it, even if Madrid come knocking, unless it's a you know, in excess of 100 million, something like that. Then you probably will, you know, kind of listen to the offer then because then you know you can bring in somebody that can go automatically in, not a, a sort of uh, you know, like a backup of a backup to, to come in. You're not gonna do that, so at least you're gonna want in the sort of money to buy a first team guy. But I, I mean, honestly, I, I just find the whole rumor ridiculous. I can't even picture TNE in in Spain actually, you know. Like I, I see me like he would hate life there, but it just shows a lot of rumors going around, and and I, I didn't even hear those ones. It was news to me now because, like I said, I kind of stay away from these media yeah. stuff. You can I'm only get riled up and <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, worked <laughs> up and panicked. So I just you know when when it's the national break, I normally take international break, but. There was something that, you know, piqued my interest that, um, you know, Gary Neville going on about that, you know, with, with Mikala Teta yeah. kind of, um, you know, do you, does he leave, you know, if he gets Arsenal Champions League football because he, he I mean, he won't be able to take the club further because if you look into the quality of um, Chelsea, Liverpool and, and Man City, you know, that gap is quite, you know, we, we saw the gap basically when we did play against more, I wouldn't say Chelsea as much, but talking about Liverpool and Man City, there's still a gap too close there. But do you think Arteta has kind of taken Arsenal as far as he can? Or do you think there's still more to come from him? I personally think there's more to come from him. Because if you think of what... Uh, look, uh, of course, you can't just give the credit to him. It comes down to Edu also the green lights the, the thing. But I just think if he could make if we could use 150 million to bring in that sort of quality we have now, imagine you give him another 150 million to bring the sort of attack line that we, you know, really desire. That, that, that's, and I think for most part, especially, okay, with Liverpool, it was something like touch and go. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not just thinking, if you and I had, like, there's not hypothetical, but if you had a front line forward, given that chance against, uh, Liverpool when we were yeah. not also nine out of ten times that guy's probably gonna period. Yeah. You take also the Man City game, there were opportunities to almost like I'm to kind of finish Man City in that first half already. We just didn't yeah that extra edge to take take us. And I think that was actually the thing that's almost like the stumbling block now. And back to your point now, I honestly don't think it would be like wise for say Arteta to leave now because I think He's now got the backing of the club. They took that sort of risk on him. And I mean, I think in today's um, press conference, he also confirmed a lot of things. He said he feels also like he owes Arsenal because he said they also took a risk bringing him in totally like green in football management. And he feels like it's his way to also repay the club, you know, for for the trust in him. And I think he sees it like that. And I think Gary Neville is also kind of, Going in the sort of phase where he's, he's, he's like, I think he's worried about what's happening to United because 
they don't know the elbow from the arse right now. They, they, they keep on jumping here. They're trying to link people. They're trying to... Because uh, at times, you see them... It's like they, they put along a team that, that is of what you and I would call, like you say, world-class caliber. And yet, you're putting all these parts together and they're not making a car or making... Yeah. Fantastic. It's like you got Varane. Varane don't look anything close to what he, he was at Madrid because no. nobody else complimenting him as a player. And then you got... Ronaldo was like carrying. I mean, I'm surprised his back don't hurt already. <laughs> carrying the, the team alone, so it's like you got yes, you got the, the best talents around, whatever. But it's not like it's, there's nothing gelling because look at Jaden Sancho, he blows hot and cold. There's so much talk. To, I mean, I've, I've never been won over by watching even someone like Pogba. Yeah, he has his flashes, he has his moments, but again, they it don't make sense. So it's almost like they with, with a United story is like everything has to be. A big price and a big name. That's it. Yeah. Don't think of can they add things because that's how they envy our like when you look at the youngsters we have now. And, and they were quick to make fun about Ben White. You know, Arsenal yeah. spent what is it, fifty million on Ben White. You know, fifty million on Ben White. And I look at them. Arsenal haven't conceded a goal from a corner this season. I mean, I'm not saying it's solely due to Ben White, but I'm just yeah. showing like you know, look at the goals. We, we don't concede as much like we used to. You know, so it's easy improvement, and I, and I think that Arteta leaving would be silly for both parties at the moment. I think Arsenal have gotten to a point now, you know, where if they get Champions League football, there is that, you know, like you said, bringing in a quality striker. I mean, you give Thierry yeah. Henry or Alexis Sanchez that chance against Liverpool, you know, like you mentioned. You know, I'm not saying we're going to get the striker of, of Henry's quality, but, you know, any, you know, like you said, top striker puts it away, Liverpool are one little down, and now they have to chase a game. Yeah. You know, and Arsenal can hit them on the counter-attack. So all these things, permutations and combinations, that like, you know, they're saying of Arteta leaving, I don't think it, 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 it should, I mean, like, I normally take, I, listen, I normally listen to Gary Neville, because he, he does a lot of the time know what he's talking about, but I think it, it's a bit personal now that, you know, United's Arsenal, Arsenal's biggest competition for top four as well. And then speaking of that, you know, the, I don't know if you also read about the rumours floating around about Saka and Liverpool. You know, what's your take on that or thoughts on no, that? No, I mean, like, uh, the, the one big thing I already saw, like, um, about a few months ago already was they want to time up already immediately when the season ends to a new um, a new contract. So it's almost like, I think it's like three or four times they're bumping up his salary. Like, he's going to get three times or so what he's actually earning now. So I think he's close gonna you know, be close to hundred thousand a week if if everything you know goes accordingly. I think people like Smith Rowe might get the bump in his you know pay. Um Martinelli I heard also they want to tie down immediately also in the summer. Um what was the other thing? And then I think they also want to still try to promote from within and then almost like use the bulk of the transfer budget almost like for the attacking side of things. Plus I think you know possibly uh, granite jacker replacement there as well because I, mean, I mean besides that with, with the funds the way i'm trying to say are they going to spread it or gonna spread it i think we're still gonna the op uh, i don't think we're gonna be pinned down to just say, saying yeah we're gonna sign two strikers and a, a midfielder i think it's gonna come down to also getting replacements for al nini who's gonna be a free transfer um you know anybody else that's that squad player wise that's gonna be leaving well, contracts run out. I think we're going to also start looking for players to fill those roles as backups. 
Yeah. No, no, I need to see. So, I mean, I'm quite, I mean, I'm quite positive. I mean, I, I, I think this will almost like be, almost like the cherry on the top for one thing, like for one project now. And then I think, should we not get, you know, European football, you shift on already to the next sort of project where it's almost like trying to, you know, like when we have, sometimes when the team gets promoted from the championship where you, your first aim in for, like your first aim is in, to stay in the league and then afterwards to almost like try to hold it, almost like a mid-table position. But I think in our uh, in our uh, case, it's almost like going to be down to getting in the top four and also digging our heels in right there and staying there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely agree. And speaking about that as well, you know, you spoke about Saliba earlier on. Do you think there's a place for him in this Arsenal side? You know, do you think you can have him as kind of your alternate centre back, you know, to Gabriel and Ben White, or do you think you know he's gonna want first team football? I mean, or do you think he, he helps you with a, a third centre back in a three-five-two or whatever? I, I mean, I honestly think he'll be, you know, qualified for Europe. I think it also opens the door to a lot of things because. Yeah, of course, yeah, he'll probably be third choice, no matter which way you look at it. But I still think he's going to have loads of games then, because if, if Arsenal can have a first eleven that's strong, and then pull a Man City and have also a second eleven that's also strong, I mean, who knows how far they can get in, in whether it's Europe, whether it's domestically, and they're not going to get frustrated because they will have over enough games, and you, uh, even like the first teamers are going to sometimes need a break, and then you will be first in line to get it. So, I mean, I, I think it should it would be really beneficial to him to come back. And, I mean, he will be then... Because I just think have a squad big enough to tackle the league and, and um, you know, domestic trophies and European football, it should be enough. There should be enough game time for people because you can also blood your youngsters in at certain uh, periods, but you can still... Because I think this is something that, that you've always told me personally. We, you always used to tell me, you know, Mona, I wish we could actually uh, take on, you know, playing the like, Carabao Cup. But they have a team that, that actually looks like they're going to, you know, bundle over every team that comes in the way because we have the sort of players that you can use. So you can, you know, maybe blood into two youngsters, but you have like nine, you know, top quality players that, that, that are playing in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. So, I mean, my final two points that I just wanted to bring up was um, before we round off. Like between when the season started in August and we're now in like knocking on April's door. Um, who's your most improved player so far? I mean, I'm gonna do it again end of the season, but for now, like between that that gap now, who's you? Who's been your favorite or improved player? Sorry, uh, to you in the, over there that course now. So, so one guy that uh, would for me that would be Odegaard because yeah. when we signed him, I wasn't really you know, too, too happy about it. I thought there was maybe other guys that we could have brought in. But yeah. it was like he grew from strength to strength to strength. So so much so that, like, I, I want the ball to come to him. And every time I see him on the ball, I'm like, you know, wow, this guy always has, like, a, it's like he, he reminds me of the closest thing we've had to Sisk. Not even Ozil, because, you yeah. know, Sisk used to get stuck in the tackles. He would, you know, have an... Like, Ozil did have vision and stuff, but, like, you know... Odegaard, for me, has been that guy. And then, you know, one other player I have to give a big shout is is, is Ramsdale as well. For me, you know, he's become, you know, a favourite of mine. It's almost like he can't do anything wrong. Even when he does make mistakes on the ball, I kind of 
to forgive him because of what he's doing for us. So, you know, those, those are my two favorites. And, and for you? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm, as I said, that was more, but it's not favorites really, but more just improved. And I personally think it's Thomas Party because, you know, I was his <laughs> biggest critic. And I mean, to see him now, and I mean, look, he gave also self-criticism when he rated himself as a four. In the, like from August to uh, December, he said he was not happy, and that. And I really thought, okay, you know, sometimes you hear players say that, but you don't see a change. You still see the same old, same old. And yet, when we came into the new year, and that you see how immense he can be, and and I'm like, I can have, as I can tell you now, between me and you, um, I can actually see now what you mean, Aiden, because I remember I told you now, where is this guy you talking yeah. about? And you said, just wait and just watch because at Atletico, he's a beast. And then I said, nah, no way. I'm not falling. And then when you see him like surrounded by three players, and then it's like a little body faint with one, and he takes out two players, and he nudges the third away, and then you just see him suddenly to burst forward. And I think, what is this now? Even now finally showing his worth. And I mean, for me, it's like at times, even at that game against Leicester, where it got also to a period of the game where they were not giving us too much you know, space to breathe. And he was actually giving us that extra few seconds to either catch our breath because he's holding onto the ball or holding up the ball. And he actually brings other people into play as well. If not, he does a little shimmy or whatever and he's gone. Yeah, I know. He has been immense. And I think even Odegaard, you know, kind of complement each other as well. Like with, with yeah, like he wants to give that protection and... Yeah, so no, definitely party has been immense, and I'm glad he's, he's starting to win you over because I know you weren't the biggest fan of him at this stage. <laughs> and then, like my final point before Randolph, um, the player you've been most under underwhelmed with, or like you know, really disappointed in, like thinking, expecting a lot, you know, going into the season, and then uh, kind of falling short. Um, it's. It's not, this is not saying that he's having a bad season, but for me, Martinelli at the moment. I mean, he, he's good in everything like that. And, you know, but I think there's a bit more to his game that he can add, you know. Sometimes he's too excited on the ball. And, you know, like with Alexander-Arnold, he, he, he destroys him. But then maybe the next game, he'll be very quiet or, you know, he, he's, his decision-making in the final third isn't always the best. So that's my one. Yeah, and I think and my, my personal one is probably Pepe because, uh, you know, every time you, you, you like, as I told, I think I mentioned last week in the podcast where I thought, you know, this is a turning point for him when you watch him against a Wolves. And then you see him, that sort of performance, we had even more time um, in the last game against Villa. And he, you know, was full of mistakes and, and things like that. And I think it was, I mean, for me, that was all like a, a sort of moment where, you think is this not the, the you know the straw that broke the camel's back for Arteta? We think okay, you know I really can't or not like sometimes also where Arteta is like putting him out and showing look this is probably the reason why I can't you know work go on working or having a working relationship with you. So it's not like we just kind of seeing the season out with him and you actually wondered now when you see that because look he's also now made it public where he said he's like you know frustrated and that but you. You, if he does not have that sort of consistency, then I mean, I honestly don't see him, you know, having a place at Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, and no, I think the writing is on the wall. I just think yeah. it just it just never clicked. You know, you'll probably go on to play for another club and do very well, but I just think it just didn't work for him at Arsenal. No, 
And we'll see come the summer how things play out in the market also. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to get anything close to 72. No years. ways. Uh, we're going to get about 35, 40 maybe. I mean, I even saw on FIFA right now the latest update is rated at 20 million, 21 million. Well, it will be a massive loss, but you know, at least we take 20 million and we could add it on to another strike we could get. Yeah. Okay, guys. Hope you enjoy the weekend. Take care. Enjoy the football. Bye. Enjoy the game, guys, and hope we get the three points on Monday night.